So our relationships can either be engines to propel us towards our future, or they can be anchors that hold us in place from moving forward. You may have heard the statement, you're the average of your five closest friends. And it's true. We believe a marriage is the average of the five closest couple friends that you have. Our pastors often say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. For your marriage to be secure and strong, you need to build a pro-marriage collective, a community with like-minded, growth-minded couples. And that's what we're talking about today. Hello, welcome to the Art of Spousing podcast, and thanks for taking the time to listen to the show. We know that your time is valuable, so we really appreciate you investing some time with us. You know, we love meeting and talking with people who are regular listeners to the show. It's so encouraging. The feedback that you are giving us on the podcast is so appreciated and super helpful. Yeah, really the reason we're doing this podcast is because we really believe that every marriage, including your marriage, can move from mundane to masterpiece level. But we know personally that a work of art doesn't just appear. It requires intentionality and practice to be crafted and shaped. So our goal with every episode is to give you tools to practice that will help your relationship not not just survive, but also thrive. Hey, we just got back from a great trip from Palm Springs, California, an area where we were able to be at Southwest Church That's to right. share with some married people there at their Cultivate Date Night. It was it awesome. Was a, it was a lot of fun. And shout out to all of our new friends in California. And James, we had such an interesting experience there because we'd never been to a desert before. That's right. Yeah, this was our first time in that part of the country. And it's a lot different than here in sunny, green South Florida. <laughs> Funny thing was how all the folks are talked about how it hardly ever rained in the desert. And uh, lo and behold, our one day to kind of go look around the area, it let loose and rained all day, thunderstorms, flash floods. So we need to go back someday and check it all out. Well, you know, they say they rarely get rain and they love it when they get rained. So you're welcome that we brought rain from South Florida, South Florida to you. We still enjoyed it. A Had nice, a great time. Yep. Yeah. We're launching a new monthly email newsletter. We want to invite you to subscribe. Each month, you'll receive links to the past month's blog post and podcast episodes, along with highlights from our world, some tips and advice to strengthen your marriage, all this delivered straight into your inbox. You can sign up in the link in the show notes, or you can email us at hello at artist spousing. Just say, sign me up and we'll take care of the rest. Several months now, we've been using a marriage coaching tool. It's an incredible tool for any marriage that is wanting to work on themselves, go from good to great, or there's some places that they just want to gain some vision for the future. It has actually been a highlight for us to work with these couples and just see vision come to life for them and excitement. Right. So check this out. If you're looking for that one thing that could be the game changer for your relationship, then the Marriage Reboot Retreat is just for you. If you want a greater connection with your spouse, if you are tired of feeling stuck in the same old, same old, if you desire to feel the thrill of fun and discovery again, like you did when you first met, we can help. We support couples to reconnect, recharge, and re-engage to pursue their life purpose together. The Marriage Reboot Retreat by Marry for a Purpose is a private, intensive experience for you and your spouse working exclusively with Lisa and I for two consecutive full days. At the end of the two days, you will walk away with a unified purpose for your marriage and a holistic vision for your marriage and family supported with a real action plan. If you would like to find out more information about the Marriage Reboot Retreat, you can set up a discovery call with James and I and we will tell you more about it. The link is in the show notes or you can direct message us on Instagram at Art Espousing and we will send you a link to schedule a discovery call. 
Today, we're talking about building your marriage collective. I love this idea as it pertains to art espousing. That's right. An artist collective is a group of artists, curators, and supporters who work together to support and promote the work of every member of the collective. Artist collectives have occurred throughout history, and just like artists need support and encouragement to continue pressing forward... Guess what, James? Yes. We and our marriage, you and your spouse need a marriage collective that will strengthen and push you forward in your marriage. We found that the quality of our married life is actually enhanced by the quality of our relationships, both as individuals with our friendships and with our couple friends. So we teach and coach a lot around discovering your purpose and your vision for marriage, as well as setting boundaries and priorities for marriage. But you know, for our first several years, Lisa, our marriage, we didn't have a purpose. We didn't know what our purpose right. was. And we really didn't have a vision for the future. Actually, our vision was that we wouldn't get divorced. That's right. Which was actually a pretty good vision. It's a pretty good vision, yes. but wasn't wasn't any much to it there. Right. You know, we did have some boundaries we set early on, but no real growth oriented priorities. However, one thing that we did that made all the difference in our marriage was getting around the right people who not only had strong, vibrant marriages, but they also encouraged and championed our marriage. Yeah, we learned in that season that having a marriage collective and even 30 years later is so important. And there's huge benefits to having a marriage collective. That's right. Just a few of them. Accountability right. is a benefit. The gift of other people in our lives is that they actually know us That's and they right. pay attention to us. They love our marriage and family enough to sometimes even confront us in grace and truth. And they're willing to have hard conversations and ask tough questions. Like we have had people say, hey, are you guys doing okay. Right. We see that you have all this stuff going on. So there's an accountability right. that comes and we can receive that accountability because we know they have the best interests for us and care about us. That's so. right. And it's accountability, not just in like, you guys seem tense, but like accountability and important things like intimacy and like, mm-hmm. how are you guys doing in that world? Mm-hmm. And holding you accountable to make sure that the things that are going to strengthen marriage are present in your marriage. So not only is accountability a benefit, encouragement is. And yeah, this right. is one of my favorite benefits of great Great couple friends. Life is hard, which sometimes makes marriage hard. That's right. I've heard it said a joy shared is doubled and a sorrow shared is halved. Mm, I, love, I that. love that. That's yeah, so it's cool. really cool. I have been on the receiving end of people sharing my sorrow, and I actually love it's one of my favorite Enneagram two things yeah. <laughs> is to be the person who gives and shoulders burdens with other people so that I know I can help half their sorrow. That's so that's really good. That's really so good. So it isn't just about us getting stuff from people. It's us being contributors too and encouragement. We have had a couple friends along in our journey that have really shouldered with us significant pain points mm-hmm. and disappointments in our life. Whether it's ministry challenges or parenting disappointments, we know we have couples praying for us. That's right. Praying for our kids, praying for what we're called to do. And honestly, just them checking in on us, a text saying, hey, I prayed for you. Yeah. It really is a, a source of just pick me up. And it's actually lightened our load in our married life when we're having hard times. And it's just lifted the struggle a bit in our yeah. personal lives and actually impacts our marriage. Yeah. It's so important to not go through hard things alone 
alone. Like you have those couples with you that are encouraging you, that are giving kind words, championing you. Even like this week, us going out to California, we had our friends back here who were you know, praying for us, championing mm-hmm. us, checking on us. Right when we landed, us. we're like, how did it go? What, yeah. what, what did you learn? How are the people? Right. It's such an encouragement and strengthens our marriage. And then a third benefit really, Lisa, is wise counsel. You know, we need wise counsel in life and we need wise godly counsel mm-hmm. in our life. Especially when we're in the thick of our own lives. Yeah. We're pretty smart people, but when you're in the middle of your own mess, you yeah. cannot see above the weeds. So yeah. yeah, you're right. I love this verse in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14. It's actually in the amplified version of the Bible. It says, where there is no wise and intelligent guidance, the people fall and go off course like a ship without a helm. But in the abundance of wise and godly counselors, there is a victory. We share that passage with couples when they're preparing to get married, but it's such a great reminder that no matter how long we've been married, we need people that can give wise and godly counsel right. in our life, whether that's in financial matters or parenting issues, or maybe it's a you know a job issue that you just need some people to come alongside of you just to give you counsel so you're not making decisions on your own. Ultimately, the best counsel we can get is from God. God, you know, in Proverbs mm-hmm. 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord, lean not to your understandings, all your ways acknowledge him. But God uses people in our lives right. and couples in our lives to strengthen our marriage and help us move forward. Proverbs thirteen twenty says, walk with the wise and become wise associate with fools and get in trouble. And so it's so important that we're building this collective of people that are going to give accountability. They're going to give encouragement and wise counsel. You know, one of the things we often see in marriages, it's that when couples are struggling, they'll tend to isolate themselves from others, hiding the struggle from friends and family. And that isolation only enhances the pain. So having this strong marriage collective is going to provide the support, the encouragement, the counsel, and the comfort in those times when you're struggling. There's this quote I found by an author, Ben Kasnocha. He wrote, the people you spend the most time with will change you in ways you cannot anticipate or ever fully understand. The most important choice of all is who you choose to surround yourself with. And that's why this marriage collective is so important to you. I couldn't agree more. And we didn't have a lot of vision. We didn't have a lot of forward momentum, but we did have a lot of great people around us. I think of Glenn and Sandra Bond, who really invested in our marriage. There wasn't a class. Right. It wasn't an eight-week class on marriage, prep for marriage. We didn't have that. We offer those things now at Christ Fellowship, but we had hands-on, one-on-one right. training and modeling for us. And, and you so- got to live with them for a season and see their marriage up close, and we would actually talk about the dynamics of what we saw in their marriage as we were preparing to get married, which yeah. was really cool. I feel like I need to write them a thank you letter because they probably don't know how yeah. much they impacted me. Growing up in a divorced home, yeah. I didn't see that, and so I was up close and personal with them. And so I could see how Glenn honored her. And I could see how, and I I saw tensions. There is natural tensions that they- Every marriage has tensions. That's right. But but in the way that they did it was so honoring and respectful for one another. And then our first year of marriage, I think about Calvin and Andrea Green. Oh, yeah. And so they had two uh, two kids maybe at the time we intersected with them. And we just hung out with them. Yeah. We were on their couch watching ball game. Actually, they modeled fun for us. Now, Mm -hmm. they were probably five years 
years ahead of us in yep. marriage. It literally was better than a class is because we looked and modeled a lot of our married life and interactions after them. Again, Andrea, very strong woman, mm-hmm. but this balance and the tandem between the two of them, yep. I think really shaped a lot of our leadership even today yeah. and um, how we interact as husband and wife. And we've had couples at pivotal times in our life. So when we had our first child, I think of Kevin and Michelle Bennett out in Kansas, they came alongside us at a really pivotal time when mm-hmm. we had our first child, right? Right. So they had two older boys. So she was a seasoned mom. I mean, like right. she was beast. And then she ended up getting pregnant at the same time we did with our first. And right. so we had girls together. Like I learned decongestant from her. Like, what is a decongestant? I didn't know. <laughs> when do I give up my kids this, that, and the other, and yeah. all the things. But we actually spent a lot of downtime hanging out with them, playing cards or playing games, watching mm-hmm. movies. And again, we were in their home. Right. And so we were able to watch them. I remember having conversations conversations with her by myself about marriage and tensions for them and things they had navigated. But I want to tell you to this day, she never dishonored her husband, mm-hmm. even in our one-on-one. And I think that's so valuable. That it was a model for me of like, you can talk about the tensions of marriage without putting your husband in a bad light yeah. or putting marriage down. Yeah. Pro-marriage collective. Yeah. And, and we can go on and on. Brian, Robin Parker, Todd and Julie, Dave and Bethany, Dave and Carrie Kaiser, th- these people that we've intentionally put around us in our lives that have really helped us over 30 years, not just survive, but thrive in our marriage. So this marriage collective is so important. Yeah. I love it. So when you build your marriage collective, you initiate time with people who stretch you, That's right. who push you, who model for you. And even at times may confuse you. Right. Because you're like, that's not the way I've ever seen this done before. Right. And it could be a good confusion. Like it may like toss up your regular mindset and how you do things and go, we need to pivot. It's so good. Yeah. So we want to give you three things to look for when you're building your marriage collective. The first is they need to be pro-marriage people. Absolutely. I don't think you can Google this and define pro-marriage, but what what we define pro-marriage is really what I just talked about with my friend Michelle and modeling is that they're not talking about divorce. Their language in relationship is propelling them forward. They're championing you as a couple. They're not independently husbands talking, bashing Mm -hmm. wives, wives bashing. It's because obviously we're not always with couple friends as couple and couple. Right. They're championing the heart of God and what God's word says about marriage. As you were sharing that, Lisa, I was just thinking about this idea that I teach a lot about being a conduit or a firewall. Mm -hmm. And I think people who are pro your marriage are always going to be firewalls when there's conflict or when there's challenge. So if, you know, you and I are having conflict and you go to one of your friends and you say, you know, James and I are just struggling in this area, they're going to be a firewall mm-hmm. and help stop the conflict right there and push back the strength in marriage. They're not going to be a conduit to just allow you to kind of flow through, but they're going to help stop the conflict. And I think, you know, that idea of being pro marriage as a whole, but also pro our marriage that they want to invest in and make sure it's happening. And I think about the illustration of crabs in the bucket. When one crab is trying to get out of the bucket, the other crabs will actually pull it back down into the bucket to the point that if the crab keeps trying to get out, they'll actually break its, mm. its legs. And so you want people who are going to help lift you up, mm-hmm. not pull you back down. If you're hanging out with a couple friends or individual friends that are constantly bashing marriage or bashing their marriage or putting marriage in kind of a negative light, you don't need that. You need people who are going to honor 
marriage. I, I love what Hebrews 13, 4 says. It says, let marriage be held in honor among all. And so if the people in your close circle of friends as a married couple are not holding marriage high, they're probably not the people that need to be in your collective because they're not going to propel you towards the vision and the future and strength in your marriage. Right. You know, it made me think of an example when you're, which you did such a fantastic job of defining pro-marriage couple friends. One of the things when you talked about firewall and conduit, if I do go to a female friend or if you go to a guy friend and you're talking about the tensions, the conversation for me would be, this is a tension point I'm managing. I'm not really sure what to do. And that friend is going to say, have you talked to James about it maybe in this way? Yeah. Or have you considered his perspective of like this? Mm-hmm. Or hey, Lisa, are you being emotional? Are your emotions too high? That comes back to the accountability piece of going mm-hmm. at the benefit of that. And so that person isn't going to go, yeah, you know what? I see that he is a jerk. Yeah. Most of the time, actually, I can see why you would think that he's da-da-da. That is a conduit of fueling mm-hmm. the flames, but a firewall. Causing drama. And- yes. So I just thought when you were sharing that, that was the best way to describe pro-marriage. Yeah. And I would say within the guy's world, if, if the guys you're hanging out with are talking down about their wives or talking bad about women in general, they're not holding the institute of marriage, the union of marriage high they're only going to drag you down. They're going to be like those crabs in that bucket. They're going to pull you down. You're not going to rise above those people. Again, you're the average of your five closest friends. So if the people that you're hanging out with are constantly not pro-marriage, it's not going to help you build a strong, healthy marriage. I love that. So we're not only looking for pro-marriage people, we're looking for people for our marriage collective that share common values. Yes, yeah, right. So we have a couple of values that we, when we think about our friends right now, that we go, we share this value, which one of them is respect. Right. I respect my friend's husbands. Mm-hmm. There's a mutual respect of maybe what we believe, maybe politically. Yeah. We just, so we may differ on some political views, but there's common ground. Our common value is that we respect one another. Right. We actually may have theological views that are different. Right. And we may be parenting different than our friends. We parent in the way that we feel God's called us to parent and navigate. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact, my closest friends respect the way we're doing that. I don't feel judged by that. Yeah. It's, it's really good too, because I think we live in a culture that's so polarized. Right. And, you know, if you don't believe the same way I do, you know, theologically or politically or socially or whatever, but you can actually have people in your marriage collective that have different maybe theological views or political views if there's actual mutual respect there. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you have to believe everything the same, but you do have to honor one another and, and bring respect. Another thing that is really important to us is faith. Right. We have friends that are close to us that probably don't believe everything that we believe mm-hmm. when it comes to faith in God or how they practice their faith and the church they go to or whatever. However, it is a shared value for us. One of the things that I know for us is that our faith that unifies in common ground on how we speak to one another. Mm-hmm. We know the rules of engagement, if you will, or yeah. guiding principles. There's a there's a moral compass there. Yeah. When we're we know the truth of God's word, what it says, and it actually provides accountability for our friendships. That's right. Because I know someone else, a Bethany, a Julie, a Carrie Kaiser is going to hold me accountable to God's word in our marriage relationship. And so we have the same book that's our guiding principles. And so I think if you do have friends outside of your faith, you just need to know they may not be the people to give you input. Or wise counsel. Or wise counsel. I think another value really for us is authenticity. 
Right. You know, we, we want to be around people who are real, you know, and so the people in our collective are going to be people who are who they are. They don't put on pretense or, you know, and so, we're real. You know what, James, we're really allergic to pretense. Yeah. We really are. We are, but are. <laughs> that's okay. That's just us. That's us. Other yeah. people may, you know, want that. That's right. But again, it's finding your shared, shared values, values. Is, is really important for your marriage collective. And then I think the last thing that I would say, there's probably a lot more we could say, but one other thing that we'd say is really important to look for in your marriage collective is that the people that are close to you are trustworthy. You don't want to trust your heart and your life to people who can't be trusted with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I love this quote from George Washington. He said, be courteous to all, but intimate with few mm. and let those few be well tried before you give them your confidence. True friendship is a plant of slow growth and must undergo and withstand the shocks of adversity. Come on, somebody. That is amazing. Yeah. You know, I think there's, <laughs> so I think there's a danger when you give too much of your life to people who haven't shown themselves trustworthy. Right. There's a lot more that we're going to share with our friends, Dave and Bethany, who we've done years, years, years or Todd and Julie, who we've done years and years with then a new friend that we met a month ago, you know, we're, we're going to be careful of giving too much of our life in somebody else's hands, but you want to build a collective that is trustworthy. We want to be trustworthy people with the people that are, have us as part of their collective. We want to guard their hearts. We want to be pro marriage for them. We want them to know that they can trust us and we want the people around us that we can trust them as well. I think of authenticity without wisdom is reckless. Mm-hmm. We're going to be authentic with people that we can trust mm-hmm. that are trustworthy. Right. You share too quickly with people that you don't know well enough, you could end up hurt and could cause you to be guarded. And Mm -hmm. you're like, maybe you should have given it a little bit more time. Right. This is one of the things we talk about all the time. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. Right. A massive benefit of us being planted in South Florida at the same church for so many years Mm -hmm. in the same community in the same tribe is that we have deep, friendships that we trust emphatically. That doesn't mean that we haven't had challenges with them because we we in fact have, but they've had challenges with us. Well, you know, (laughs) we're pretty amazing, but I guess they probably have. Oh, James. So, but you're right. And so, but there's just this trust that we're going to, we're going to go the long haul together. Yeah. And so there, when you can trust that with people, there's just a richness that comes and all of those benefits that we've talked about in the beginning. Yeah are increased and compounded. That's I right. love it. So Lisa, maybe somebody's listening today and they're thinking about their close friends and maybe they don't have a really pro marriage collective or they don't have this marriage collective we're talking about. What should people do if they find themselves today and they're like, man, I want that, but I don't have that right now. I think that often people, when they set boundaries, they go in too hot. You know, you need to be careful because we are, number one, we're representing Christ and how we love and care for mm-hmm. people. That's that's obviously number one. But two, that's just rude. You yeah. know, if you're going, we don't do that. We're no longer going to hang out with you. You right. know, it's like, that's not really how you set boundaries. But I do think it's a conversation. It begins first with a conversation. Yeah. So that may go something like this. James, I think George and Sue, they're not real people. There's some tensions that we're managing every time we're with them. Yeah. Do you agree, James? And you're like, I'm feeling that too. So it's a conversation with your spouse to go, what is it in a discovery? And then just looking 
straight up at how often you spend time with George and Sue. Right. And we're going, man, we spend every Friday night doing dinner with them. I would start gradually moving away from having dinner with them every Friday night that we're going, oh, we need to do blah, blah, blah. We have these plans, da, 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 da. So you're actually starting to clear your calendar that you're not doing so much time with them, but you're not just going to cut it off. Right. Now I think if they are friends that you, you could probably have a conversation. You could have a conversation with them, but I'm thinking in particular about a a couple friend that we had nearly 15 years ago, right. That we knew that we needed to distance ourselves from them. Right. And time did tell that we actually did need to do that. That's what I'm thinking of in mind of like, you do really need to start gradually limiting your time with them. Yeah. But do you have thoughts on like, if it's a couple friend that you want to spend time yeah, with? Yeah. I would say there's the balance between like lessening the amount of time, but I think there's also the opportunity to invite them on the journey with you. you could say, hey, mm. we're trying to move this direction in our marriage. This is some vision that we have for our marriage. And we find that there's some things that in our relationship that are not supporting that. Maybe it's our dialogue. Maybe it's the way we tease about marriage or put mm. down our spouses or whatever. And we don't want to do that anymore. We love the still, our friendship. Our yeah. friendship. We love you guys, and we'd still love to hang out. But we can't do that. It just kind of maybe send some guardrails around that and invite them. Call them up to be part of your collective, and you guys kind of grow together over time. And maybe it's not just a new start for you, but it's maybe a new start for those people as well. I love that. Actually, as you were sharing that, it reminded me two years ago, we had a conversation like that with a couple friend of ours. Mm -hmm. Because most of our couple friends, we do work with. Mm -hmm. And so that brings a layer of complexity that we had to say, hey, when we're together from now on, can we not talk about work? Right. Because we knew that it was it was just taking us into a place that we just weren't uplifted. Right. And we needed them to be partyish friends that we had a great time with, that we talked about where we're vacationing, right. what, how's the kids going, that kind of stuff. And when we had that conversation, they were like, that's a great idea. Right. And so we actually took the level up of our own relationship, but we brought other people with us. So I think you actually know. Yeah. Are these friends that would receive a conversation like this? Mm-hmm. Or are they friends that would not receive a conversation like this? I think that's the delineation of going, how are we going to move forward? But I would say when you go to have a conversation, it's more like, hey, James and I, we're noticing this in our life. And we want to see if you're on board with us. You're not going to actually go, hey, you dingalings, you are actually bringing (laughs) us down. Hey, you crabs, you're pulling our legs off. (laughs) Well, and I think there's also the intentionality. I mean, if you go back and look at some of the things we talked about, are the people that you're hanging out with, are they people that are holding you accountable? Are they people that are encouraging you? Can you go to them for wise counsel? Do they model or demonstrate what healthy marriage looks like? If not, then those are the kind of people that you may need to modify modify the time, the amount of time you spend with them. But then you need to intentionally go and build your marriage collective. So you may need to find some people and just say, hey, here's what we're looking for. You know, as mm-hmm. you're meeting somebody new, talk to me about what, what you value. Like, yeah. what, what do you guys love to do? What, do, what, what are you passionate about? Those kind of questions are going to be things that are going to help give you clues to like, could this person be part of my marriage collective? Is this somebody that is going to help my marriage thrive and go from mundane to masterpiece? When you speak of that, I was thinking about just our church. And I know most people who are listening are going to church and there's things called small groups. Right. 
you know, you, you can sign up for a group and be in a group of married people for eight weeks. And you could probably go in that and go, I none of these people, my yeah. collective, you know, right. it's not that they're bad. It's just like, they're, I don't have chemistry with them. So I right. think, I think taking a step forward and going, I'm going to manage the awkward and then I'm going to look for friends is that to be in a group like that, just yeah. to go, I'm going to serve in some places, um, at a soup kitchen or at my church or places that you're going to be around like-minded people and look for people that you have chemistry with so that you're not just going out to dinner and interviewing them, right. but you're actually like feeling it out and going, I want to be like them. Yeah. They inspire me. Yeah. I'm not intimidated by them. I'm inspired by them. And so those are the kind of people I want to go, you know, try to not be awkward yeah. and go, will you be my friend? It reminds me of two things uh, as we're wrapping up today. Our friends, Greg and Julie Gorman, mm-hmm. uh, Married for a Purpose, they have a great resource that if you're looking for a, a marriage collective, every other Monday night, they do a call with mm. a bunch of different couples who are trying to grow in their marriage. and All over the country. All over the country. And said so something like a, a coaching call like that mm-hmm. or getting connected with Married for a Purpose with their membership. Piece. Yes. You know, that's a, a great opportunity to get to start building a collective. You mentioned small groups. I remember when during COVID we did a, a Zoom group and we had a couple on the group that really actually a couple couples on the group who just joined the Zoom group mm-hmm. just to meet new people and try to build their marriage collective and kind of stretch themselves. So I think those are, are those are great ideas. I love all that, James. This has been rich. Yeah, it has. You know, we'd love to hear your thoughts around this idea of marriage collective and maybe some ideas you have. We'd love for you to share those with us and with our community. You can email us at hello at artespousing.com or you can hit us up on Facebook and Instagram at artespousing. If you found this episode helpful, please let your friends know by sharing it with them. You can also help other people find this podcast by rating the podcast and leaving us a review. And please remember to subscribe to our monthly newsletter. You can sign up with the link in the show notes or you can email us at hello at artespousing. Just say, sign me up. And I'd say we'd all take, we'd take care of it, but James is going to take care of it. That's right. <laughs> so join us next week. We have a great young couple, Gabe and Casey Mejia on the show, talking about all things Enneagram and what they've learned in their marriage thus far. Have a great week. And we'll see you next week on the Art Espousing podcast. Until then, bye-bye. Bye.